0: Hello, I'm Philip Brain. And I'm Harry Clennon. And you're listening to Reflections by Spectacles. Today, we're going to be talking about an article that I wrote about the city of Woodside, California, and its attempt to circumvent California Senate Bill 9 by making itself a mountain lion wildlife habitat particularly about the sort of legal argument made by Woodside and the response from California's attorney general. It's a crazy story. Make sure to read it and stay tuned for this discussion. Yeah, so... It's been uh, a while since we did one of these. It's been a while since we did one of these. Yeah, so... So sorry we've been gone for so long, everyone. Uh, Harry and I, we just had uh, had that break over the winter, and then we sort of got thrown out of our office, and we've been scrambling around to find somewhere else to work, and it's been a very busy time, but... um, we're now working in the garage of Harry's parents' house. It's uh, we feel like uh, feel like Paul Allen and and uh, um, Bill Gates starting Microsoft in the garage here, uh. even more
1: revolutionary. Just like imagine <laughs> that, but like ten times as revolutionary. <laughs> Anyways,
0: let's get into this, Harry. What's up? Yeah. So you uh, wrote
1: this um, interesting piece um, about you know story. Uh, maybe you. Heard something about it, but I probably haven't. It's been you know sort of percolating through. Um, uh,
0: sort of if you're on if you're on the Twitter, yeah, you <laughs> definitely, you <laughs> definitely saw memes about it. Twitter. But otherwise,
1: uh, otherwise, you might not have heard about uh, it, right? But. Right. And I don't know anything about this. This is something I guess you read while you were doing the research for the piece um, about sort of the legal nitty gritty that's been going on. So I'm actually interested to hear about it. I'm, I'm coming at this totally, totally raw. So
0: yeah, I mean, in the new year we've been trying to do shorter insights, just keep everything really tight and concise. So on this one, we didn't have the room, or I didn't have the room. I felt to sort of get into um, this, the the details of this legal dispute. Obviously, I'm not a lawyer, so I can't tell you what holds water or what Disclaimer. doesn't. I can't, yeah, I can't diagnose that, but I can tell you what they say, right? Um, and it's actually, it seems to me, I thought it was pretty interesting. So um, so the Woodside put out this memo, the planning director put out this memo, and basically they say that th- there is a type of mountain lion Um, the Central Coast Evolutionary Significant Unit of Mountain Lion, I guess, is what it's called, Southern California, something like that. It has some scientific sort of name that categorizes it. It's Right now, it is a candidate for being considered as a threatened species under the California Endangered Species Act. Now, it's not actually a threatened species. It's not qualified yet, right? It's not on the list. Right but it's currently being considered. It's under review by the California Department of Fish and Game Commission. Um, but even though it's not on the list, just that it's under review, they say, okay, if you look at a map of the habitat range of this mountain lion, mm-hmm. Woodside is in that habitat range. Right. And then they say, okay, if you look at Senate Bill 9, this is the this is the bill at hand SB nine as we as we call it. If you look at SB nine, it has a sort of ecological protection mm-hmm. clause in there that says that uh, lots that are wildlife habitat for in either listed or candidate endangered species. Mm-hmm. So candidate would be like this mountain lion. Right. Are exempt from SB nine. Mm. Basically, they're trying to preserve those properties from being. Uh, from being modified. They want to leave them untouched as much as possible if they're already serving as wildlife habitat. So Woodside says, because the town is within the habitat range of this mountain lion, which isn't yet endangered or considered endangered, but might in the future be considered endangered, we should be exempt from SB 9.
1: Which should, I think, strike the listener as immediately... uh, Questionable, right? I mean, there's already a town there, um, so. Right, right, But they,
0: but, but, but mountain lions come and they walk around in the backyard sometimes. So, like, you know, why not? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I,
1: yeah, I, I suppose. Right, I, I mean, I think there is sort of like a, a somewhat strained argument you can make that. Pr- presumably these people have very large properties um, if you read the article philip will give you uh, uh, some some highlights That's true of i bet of there
0: are mountain lions th- wandering larry ellison's uh, feudal japanese mansion estate they're right. probably hanging out there they're hanging out there not very not very period accurate i imagine to feudal japan the the mountain lions. so maybe maybe he takes care of that i don't know how committed he is to the whole bit but um, yeah it's a weird it's a weird argument i mean it's it struck me as not uh, sort of seriously convincing, as in, like, I actually believe they're a habitat, but it struck me as potentially legally convincing. It's like, okay, if the yes. bill says that uh, wildlife habitats are, are exempt, like, if you're within the habitat range, then okay, maybe. Right. Because of the way the bill is written. Right. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. Right. Right? Um, so I was kind of surprised by how, how in, I, I guess, ingenious in a sort of in my opinion evil way right the whole thing was yeah um, but i guess you can't underestimate a, a wealthy community like this they probably hired some very high-powered expensive lawyers to take a look at sb9 and figure right. out how in the hell can we get out of this bind right what can we do anything um but that was their sort of argument i mean i think what you can see here is that the
1: most likely candidate i mean For what is really going on is that, for example, uh, SB9 would allow someone to build basically up to four units on a single lot or four units on one lot that has been split in two and then two units on on each lot, plus an additional... Uh, something is called an auxiliary um, dwelling unit, which is like a small like apartment, maybe on top of a garage or something, right. uh, which was legalized by uh, another piece of legislation um, from a couple years ago. So, all told, say a total of six under the the ADU law plus the SB nine regime um, legalized by state law. And I think what they're obviously really concerned about here is the possibility that um, then what what what. Philip notes in what generally people, this sort of non-my-backyard type people call neighborhood character, could be compromised, right? right? right. That's basically what's going right. on here.
0: I uh, mean, the, 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 essentially what people in Woodside are afraid of is that their sort of exclusive, uh, extremely wealthy community uh, might be diluted. If, if, for example, somebody puts a property for sale right. and some private investor or private person buys it who doesn't intend to live there right. and then they chop it up and they put now six residences on it that are now of lower value than the super mansion that would otherwise be built on the right. enormous property. Um, people of I mean, Woodside would maybe not like that so much. And this is and and potentially uh, you could see the there's a, there is a profit incentive
1: right for a developer. Six units is better than one unit potentially right. I mean there's a strong chance that you know right, r- right. you know you can you can. To buy up that lot build six units and in total from I don't know, rent or whatever um or the sale uh you can uh, pull in way more cash um uh than you would for a single unit right so you can So there's a profit incentive there and so given that the profit incentive is there right um you should expect basically it to happen. And I think uh, we've seen since SB nine has been signed, people have already started doing this kind of thing. I mean, you know, it remains to be seen how quickly it takes off. It'll take some time, but the fear is that, yeah, a a property developer could come in and do something like that. Um, Or even a family who, who lives in the area might decide to do that. Right. And there's no, and these, Typically very powerful neighborhood associations, right? Homeowners associations. Right. Exercise. Are, a, they're
0: used to regulating what people can do with right. their own property.
1: Basically exercise like <laughs> cartel power over the yep. supply of housing yep. in, in localities and municipalities. Right. It's absurd. Um and they've lost that power. And oh God. <laughs> and they're very mad about it. And so I've you lost the ability to lion. tell
0: people what to do with their own property. It's so <laughs> unfair.
1: Yeah. Um so that's how you get this whole mountain line thing. Um, right. Right, And I think what it shows right, and what you're trying to get at in the piece, Philip, is the extent to which you can really leverage essentially good intentions, right? I mean, like I'm sure right. Right. it was inserted into the language of SB9 because someone thought, hey, you know, if right. I build, right, six units instead of, you know, maybe there's some hummingbird nest in the backyard or something like that or some animals live in the backyard right. or, or range in the area of a single family home property that has a backyard that maybe an animal can go through maybe even deer right in california right and all of a sudden you crowd out that whole area and maybe deer can't um uh range in that area anymore right. um uh so there's a plausible well, this is the, story this, and
0: this is the point where it's it's very far reaching beyond woodside right because there are a ton of listed or candidate species on the CESA, the California Endangered Species Act, um, that have habitat ranges all over the state. Right. I mean, pretty much every inch of the state is covered by some or other animal. So right. if Woodside were to take this to the Supreme state Supreme Court and they win, now, again, I'm no lawyer, but I'm skeptical that they would. Right. But just worst case scenario, if they did, that would mean that basically localities across all of california could uh, exercise this veto could could pass yeah and that was the could declare themselves wildlife habitats right and don't put it past don't put it past these people that are that are super opposed i mean they would go to extreme lengths woodside is an example of it's pretty extreme length to declare yourself a wildlife habitat but People will do it. I'm kind of curious about, and we don't have to get into this. What the other, what
1: the consequences would be of like being a wild, a wildlife habitat after you declare? I mean, I'm sure there are some downsides that are that would maybe put restraints on what you can build. Well, like I say, they I mean, it might build. just
0: it might just make it easier to right. avoid to uh, to to not allow people to build things. Right. I mean, it m- might actually right. be a, a huge discovery. Yeah. And you know, besides all that, it's a it's a it's a really interesting topic we have one friend of the pod one listener who is a former commissioner of the california wildlife fish and game commission so you know who you are if you're listening and you want to come chat with us about this uh, this whole thing about wildlife habitats and is it legit is it not legit what does it entail we'd love to have you on you know who you are just shoot us an email we'll talk but um so stay tuned maybe for that conversation from someone who used to be on the inside uh of a topic like that but let's look at the California Attorney General's response. So, you got the argument from Woodside. Here's what the the California Attorney General basically replies. Two points. Uh, one, Woodside can't do this um, in that it can't categorically exempt all of its properties from state law by declaring itself a habitat for protected species. So, step one. One, the thing you've done, even if you can do it, doesn't work. Uh, California Attorney General says that according to SB nine, each parcel, each property, has to apply for exemption individually. Mm. So basically, they've said, okay, you can try to exempt the whole town, but you're going to have to have every single property apply individually. Right. So that's going to be a huge mess uh, uh, of, of, right. of 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 sort of paperwork and logistical uh, hurdle hurdles and all this and you don't know it's becomes it becomes then a cooperation problem if you can't get everyone on board you might have some property owners who who want to do this or want to reserve this right for themselves right uh, and so they don't apply right right so that takes the power back out of woodside's hands we'll see i don't know how that will go if it gets challenged but that's their first response their second response is you're not a wildlife habitat <laughs> they basically say nope you, you, you are not a wildlife habitat just because you're within the habitat range does not mean that you are i mean they say look if you look at a map of the wildlife of, of the habitat range of this mountain lion it includes all of san francisco I mean, like urban San Francisco. Yeah. Okay, you can't have... People in San Francisco can't just say that they're a wildlife habitat because they're in the habitat range, right? Right. Being a wildlife habitat means that you are like providing shelter and food in a meaningful, uh, livable way to an animal. Livable California per Mountain Lions. <laughs> livable California is a big NIMBY organization. Uh, we're not fans of them. But, yeah, you have to be livable for for these animals, and they basically have to be living there. They can't just right. wander through your backyard. That doesn't count. They can't just theoretically be there according to some map, right? That doesn't count. And funnily enough, <laughs> the attorney general actually hits them with a pretty sick burn. Um, he says, I'm, I'm going to read this quote because it's it's well said. He says, Ironically, by restricting housing production, which is what would happen if they could become a wildlife habitat, implementing this policy, becoming wildlife habitat, implementing this policy would increase the likelihood of exurban sprawl that, yeah. will, that will adversely affect the habitat of mountain lions. This policy does not confer a net beneficial impact on the regional welfare. It can only be assumed that the ordinance is intended to undermine the legislature's efforts to combat the crisis level housing shortage. That's some fire from Rob Bonta. <laughs> um, no, I mean, that's a really
1: good point, though, is, yeah. like, is like what is the cost of not densifying outward. is sprawl outward. I mean, I think that's it. That's actually a crucial point and really well well put on the part of, of the AG office is that right. Um, what's going to happen here is totally counterproductive to what they're saying. I mean, I don't know. Maybe some people do believe that they need to protect the mountain lines that are in the area from um, density, which I, I
0: suppose, right, you theoretically... I mean, this place is super not dense. I right. mean, it's enormous estates. It's right. not just big houses, but like many tens of acres estates. People love to ride. They got yeah. horse trails right. and everything, right. all that kind right. of stuff.
1: That is interesting in that like...
0: Clearly, that's not what they're getting at, you know? Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the consequence. I mean, that is something that people and, do. And, f- go Well, I was just going to say, and ultimately, density is good for wildlife. Right. I mean, the more that we can stuff humans into a smaller area of land, well, then the more land there is outside of that right. for animals to live in. Right. Right. Yeah. And, I, and I don't want to be like, I, I, I don't like density because I want to like stuff human beings. Yeah, you beings said that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm being a little dramatic. It's it's not like putting six lots on a 30 acre property right. is stuffing people together. Right, it's you'd just, fit a lot of people
1: comfortably into a relatively small space. Yes. And you don't actually need to have
0: the more people we can fit in a smaller area, then the more sustainable our environment, our ecology becomes. Yep, let's put it that Clear way. That's maybe a little environmental friendlier.
1: benefit clear environmental benefit. Yeah. Um, so that's worth considering. That's a good point from the AG.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just really took them to task on their own terms. I thought that was um, that that was uh, just a very good reply. Anyways, I mean, I just wanted to sort of get into those two, the legal argument of Woodside and the legal response. Again, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not an expert. I can't tell you what's legit and what's not. Um, we'll just have to see. I have a hard time believing this is going to go down without a fight. Yeah. Uh, just because the proponents of single family zoning main staying the way that it is in general are very well moneyed um, and very, very committed and right. engaged. Even if right. they're not, they're super engaged, these neighborhood associations yeah, and they're super ready to mobilize and they're super well-informed and they're super active. But then in particular with Woodside, it's it, you've got all that plus you've got, just gobsmacking wealth right so probably not going to go down without a fight but we'll see what happens we'll see. i've got no idea i just thought that they were sort of interesting to look at and consider no and i think, think there's about. a lot
1: in there in yeah. terms of how the law is used um right you know and it's not just the law is passed right right we in terms of thinking about the process of public policy making um it's worth considering uh, the ways in which um these fights for implementation frequently take place well after a legislature has passed a bill and an executive has signed it you know it can it can it can be years
0: so, right right um, and it's it's as you said a cautionary reminder of how we can pass these kinds of we can include these kinds of environmental protection provisions in the law but at the end of the day sometimes we don't realize how counterproductive those could be right. uh, to the aim because the aim of they more can be the aim of more housing isn't just to s- resolve the housing crisis, right. like the human crisis right, right. that's at hand, the humanitarian crisis that's at hand. I mean, six of the cities in the country with the most homelessness, the top six cities with the most homelessness in the country are all in California. So it, it's a humanitarian disaster. Right. right. But um, besides that, more density is also good for the environment, for the reasons we laid out. And so exactly. it's an environmental thing. It's a, it's a housing thing. And if you, you can put these things in trying to be well-intentioned, but can, it can end up being so counterproductive to the long-term uh, work that you need to do to get to those goals of sustain of a sustainable climate, sustainable, you know, uh, housing infrastructure and, and cities and things like this. So right. it's definitely a challenge. A lot of stuff we're thinking about in there, but with that, I think that's probably all we have for today. Yeah, so we're going to try to do more of these more often. Oh, that was our plan at the outset of the year, but we just got sort of blindsided by a lot of stuff. Right. But there will be more. More so, reflections. So stay tuned here to Spectacles and Conversation, and we'll we'll see you again soon. That's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and share this episode with your friends or on social media. If you'd like to listen to each new article of Focus and Insight read aloud, Follow the link in the notes for Spectacles Out Loud. If you'd like to make a comment on the episode that you just heard, there's a link to our website also in the notes, where you can also subscribe to our newsletter if you haven't already to receive a new way of seeing politics in your inbox five days a week. And find us on Twitter, at Spectacles Media. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks.